everyone, and thank you for joining for another amazing episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. I'm joined today with my co-host, Justin, and a friend of mine, Michael. Michael, please tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do. Sure. So my first role is I'm a father of four. It looks like I'm in like an expensive country club locker room, but I live in New England. So I always give like a little bit of background of the room that I'm in. And no, those aren't <laughs> coffins behind me. I promise. You know, it looks like it. So for my first role, father of four, I do two things professionally. Me and a business partner, we have a digital marketing agency that's dedicated to growing brands on the LinkedIn platform. And then I have a small, I shouldn't say small, but niche coaching business where I work with usually men and help them break through specific men's issues. Oh, that's really oh, neat. Really I didn't cool. know as much about that one. Well, Michael and I met when I started my LinkedIn journey. I was introduced to him by a connection and she was like, you got to know him. He knows everything there is to know about LinkedIn. So we met and Michael jumped on the phone, didn't charge me, just jumped on the phone, was willing to give back and give his advice to someone new to LinkedIn. And I'm serious. I've applied a lot of what he said and even some of his warnings. I remember he gave me a few warnings like, don't get too invested in this and try to stay away. Like you're always going to have negative comments. There's always going to be trolls, but he's really helped me on my journey. So a lot of our viewers, Michael, are really starting to invest either LinkedIn personally or for their business. And I thought you would be a great guest today because even in our, we had a pre-call kind of talking a little bit about what we would talk about today on the interview. And we talked about like the value LinkedIn brings, especially to healthcare and how even different creators or different LinkedIn masters do it a little differently. And I know you've had so much experience in growing other businesses and brands for others. I thought you'd have some really great advice today. So in starting your LinkedIn journey, what do you think is one of the most important things when starting to promote yourself and what you need to be doing on LinkedIn? I think one of the things, and I, I came up with this like way after the fact, I, I mean, I got on and I was just putting out content, talking about the journey I've been on and struggles and et cetera, et cetera, sort of telling my story. Most people don't do that. Yeah, right? you're, per- they you're have more a, of a personal share. Well, I didn't have a, I didn't really have a plan. Oh, okay. Is there, I mean, I was looking for a job. That's probably why, why I didn't find why I didn't find one? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but I built a business out of telling my story. And so I think the first thing I share with your audience is basically when it comes to your business, there's basically three fundamental ways to win on that platform, to win on LinkedIn. It's really this simple. You're either going to run ads where, you know, for everyone's benefit, you come up with a strong creative, you come up with a target audience, and then you pay LinkedIn to run, you know, hopefully run the content to that target audience. Then there's content marketing, which you do every day, where Mm -hmm. similar thing, only you're doing a certain level of engagement to get the attention on your content. And then there's direct outreach, where you use something like a sales navigator, which is their premium search function to find target a target audience, come up with a messaging sequence or something you're going to say, knock on their door and start a conversation. That's it. That's LinkedIn demystified in less than a minute. So... Yeah. That's huge because even just bringing it down in those three sections. So with healthcare, I've really kind of helped other, some of our clients and, and some people learn how they can apply it to LinkedIn. And one of the things that always amaze them is LinkedIn sales navigator. Like there's this whole, like, you know, don't look at the man behind the curtain thing, right. but it's really not a secret. And can you talk about some of the unique capabilities yeah. that you use? Cause you use navigator every day to build business, mm-hmm. right? We use it for our clients. We build target search criteria for our clients. We do that for them because even if they have an idea, just the fact that they get to bounce some of those ideas off 
strategists outside of their sphere of understanding of their market. But essentially, Sales Navigator is a paid-for search engine. It's part of the, you know, it's dedicated for people that that are on LinkedIn, looking for other people on LinkedIn, have LinkedIn profiles or company profiles. It is imperfect, but it's by far the best search engine on any social media platform. I mean, you think of Facebook, show me a sales, show me a search engine. I mean, that, that lets me search by multiple criterias and get an output. You typically don't see that on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You just don't have that. So if you're going to be on LinkedIn and you're going to be growing your business or trying to grow an audience, it's just for 80 bucks a month. It's just a no brainer. You get yeah. it back in spades, probably on a couple of conversions. Now, talk to me a little bit about, because I know there's, the listeners are going to be like, oh, do you mean like the people that reach out to you a thousand times in a row the second yeah. they get their connection? So there's got, there's again, it's the one bad egg can spoil the bunch, but this is a thousand or a hundred thousand bad eggs can spoil, <laughs> can spoil LinkedIn. So talk about, because there's that bad taste that's left in people's mouth, you connect and then they just like keep hitting you up like constantly. But what is using that tool, using outreach effectively supposed to look like? Well, let me talk about the first point. I was trying to come up with, because Kelly and I talked about this and I kind of went on a kind of a rant. <laughs> because <laughs> I overheard and that's why I was like, I'm going like, to bring it up. Listen here. <laughs> let me tell you something, Ray. Again, go back. You will get on. I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to go a long way to get there. And then I want to give you an analogy to, wait, to think about it. So at the end of the day, a medical practice is a business. And in a traditional sense, you're not going out theoretically and knocking on doors and saying, hey, we offer this service. Typically, as I understand it, because I'm on the patient side, doctors usually play a lot of catch. They don't have to do a lot of pitch. Although I think some of them in more crowded markets have figured out a way and realized that marketing is important. It's not like knocking on the door and say, I do this procedure, but they market. On, they have social media pages. That's becoming more and more of that direct. That's what you do. I mean, that's what you help. So Sales Navigator is an important component of that, right? Because... If you're in Jupiter, Florida, or you're in whatever, Gwinnett County, Georgia, being able to connect with potential patients, not pitch them, but just give them value through a direct messaging feed at scale is extremely valuable. They may be with a doctor or a practitioner or provider for the last 10 or 15 years, but you continue to give value. If they ever make a change, you're probably going to be really relevant. What you're talking about, Justin, is what I like to say, many LinkedIn experts that you'll see in the feed that'll just talk about the one component that almost is to say, all you've got to do to be successful on LinkedIn is put out content every day and be engaging and engage, you know, give to other people. So they give to you through it, through comment and like engagement. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's very one dimensional. You know, there's almost 800 million members on this platform. And while the clients that you serve or whoever can hear me, there's such a small percentage of that that could be your business. The ability to knock on somebody's door, and when I say door, their digital door, not pitch them, bring them something of value over the long term. That's the equivalent of you knocking on my door trying to sell me something versus throwing a flyer in my front yard, piece of content, hoping that I see it. So typically what you see, not always, and so people are I'm probably going to get some ugly messages when I get this, but some of the people that talk about, well, you know, direct messaging selling doesn't work. But I, usually not always. Those are people that tried it and failed. It's kind of like, when I was you know, trying to get picked on the kickball team in fifth grade, they didn't pick me. So I'm going to stop trying. That's not the right approach. Mm-hmm. That's not the right approach. At the end of the day, what should it look like? It, there's really three main gates you want to clear. If, you, if I'm going to try to get Kelly, I don't know her from whatever, get her attention. She needs to be clearly in my target audience. 
right? If it depends on, you know, if I was trying to market to her or she was trying, you've got to, in Sales Navigator by far, when it comes to LinkedIn, you can be successful without Sales Navigator, but it lets you get, it's like the equivalent, of, you know, regular LinkedIn search is like a 2000, is like a 30,000 foot search. Sales Navigator lets you get down to a thousand. It's exponentially yeah, better. really specific with healthcare. I think is huge because yeah. there isn't another social media platform, not just healthcare, but that you can get so specific with what yeah. you are searching for. And that's what makes it really unique. But like you said, a lot of people do it wrong or they're not so, good at it. And so that's there's three main gates, right? I mean, number one is, do you have, and I work it in reverse. Most people that teach LinkedIn teach people to build their profile first. We build the profile last because we want the profile to wrap around the potential target and the messaging. So the first gate is, do you have the right target? If you're a, uh, if you're a dentist in whatever, Decatur, Georgia, you should be looking for potential clients or potential patients, potential people to give value to on an ongoing basis in Decatur, Georgia and you know adjacent counties or, or they call it counties or cities. So your target's gotta be dialed in. Number two is your messaging. What are you gonna say? You know who you wanna talk to, you know where they are on the planet, when you knock on their door, when you send them a connection request or an email, what are you going to say to them? That's typically the hardest part because as much as people want to demystify or make sense, sale, at the end of the day, it's just starting a conversation, right? Definitely. It's what it is at the end of the day. That's what a cold call, warm yeah. call, let's move the shells on the table around on what selling is. That's what it is. You're trying to make friends. <laughs> trying to make friends. And then the third, that is. So if you don't... So if you don't like making friends, you're not going to enjoy selling. You're not going to enjoy LinkedIn outreach. It's just that simple. Right. Because and you're you going to get a lot of no thank you and you're going to get a lot of people ignore you. A lot. Yeah. It's, but just, an get, it's just an ingredient in the soup. Yeah. yeah and But sure. then you get also some sales, right? So well, you, you get some conversations. Again, I, I've never actually gone down the sales cycle of a three physician investor group <laughs> surgery center. But because yeah. it wouldn't be them sending the messages, it'd probably be their office right. manager or their something. But, you know, how would you woo them? We can talk about that. And then the third gate is what are people going to read when they come to that company page or that profile? Yeah. Is that compelling? Are you differentiated? I'm a dentist. Okay, great. You know, what are medical professionals trying to do now? I think a lot of it is it's not just about their profession, but like, you know, the last time I took the kids to the dentist, I mean, the experience when I walk in that office is terrific. It's not just like kids go up there and play. I mean, they have like, it's customer centric relative experience when they come in the door. So you're trying to create some of that on your LinkedIn profile, specifically your about summary. So to recap, do you have the right people? Do you have the right target? Do you know what you're going to say? And do you have something compelling on your LinkedIn profile that's going to attract them? So making sure you have all three balance. Well, yeah. in healthcare, I don't think LinkedIn messaging would be as used much from the provider standpoint as much as it really could be utilized LinkedIn sales for medical device or something that is in a similar field. Don't you yeah. think, Justin? Yeah, I think that... Or physician liaisons or providers looking to connect with colleagues, but not necessarily sale. Well, it makes, I think, LinkedIn so powerful and where it's really, I think, emerging really quickly in the healthcare space is... Doctors and physicians, especially surgeons, because there's more money there than really any other profession in the United States, get hit up and have more noise in front of them than any other people in the United States. And yeah. so I think the holy grail of getting in front of and opening the door of a physician has been really difficult, except for the tried and true like med device guy, ground and pound, go out there and get in front of a doctor or have like Abbott 
as a brand name behind you that just gets the door open for you. Well, like they said, doctors mainly feel like when someone interrupts their time, they're being sold to and not served. So, But to your point, Michael, I think what on our side, like using LinkedIn as a tool to sell through to physicians, like say for us as an agency, for instance, it allows you to create a conversation like you just said, instead of going out and being like, use my agency or whatever it is that you're selling. It's more of like, creating a dialogue, opening a conversation that is pr- what used to be pretty much impossible because try sending a cold outreach email to a physician. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> no way. Well, let me go back to what you said though, Kelly. Like I think like, and again, I don't know enough about how a physician or a group looks at sales and market expansion and growth, but where I saw it fitting into is incremental improvements in new patients you could certainly use it. Like, uh, let me give you a, an adjacent example in a completely different ex- industry. So I work with a client in the roofing business. The roofing business is a lot like, in terms of when you need it, is a lot like what it would look like in healthcare. I mean, when do you go to a doctor when you need it? Most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you, when you call a roofing company, when there's a leak? Yeah. In this particular case, what we're doing is it's in a targeted area where we're knocking on doors. We're not pitching. What we're doing is we're building their connections And we're sending them on a periodic basis after they connect ongoing pieces of collateral, collateral value, value collateral that they can use to maintain their home. What's going on with your pipes? Hey, have you looked at this sign? You know, when you want to go, for example, looking for mold on your roof, signs when your roof needs to be, oh, by the way, don't forget, we're always here to do a free blah, blah, blah. Would you see a physician doing that? You see, like, would that make any sense to increase incremental you know, patient growth? I don't know. Well, I think LinkedIn serves a huge purpose for content creation for a physician and growing your brand and thought leadership. I also think where it helps physicians drive new patients is also the thought leadership aspect. Like a lot of physicians like to connect with colleagues or be part of webinars or participate in podcasts or have some kind of thought leadership expert advice in which they can be like access a network of some kind. And I think LinkedIn provides networking. Like people reach out to me to do LinkedIn lives with them because they know my network is big and that it's a large healthcare network. So they want to be part of that network. And I think some physicians want to use direct messaging too, to just be able to get in front of somebody that can get their content, their expert advice in front of the right patients. And that's what I try to tell them, you know, utilize LinkedIn, utilize messaging, but the sales navigator, I feel like that's why I wanted you to talk about it. It's so different than just logging into LinkedIn. You really should be strategic about it. You need a workflow process and you need help professionals. I mean, it's a lot too. You know, there's more than one touch point, right? I mean, we're not just saying, like you said, you're not pushing a hard sale and people are just clicking it and it's just rolling. No, you know, because it's, it's one of those services that even in the best of circumstances where someone's seeing their doctor once every six months or whatever they are, are, are not doing, it's not one of those things that you need all of the time. Right. Right. So it's the same thing with any type. Of, I, I think LinkedIn is a great place for any industry at all. But most importantly, where it's not a pitch for a doctor, it's not a pitch for someone that offers a service to be to to create awareness. It's not going to be a pitch. Yep. Because you know what? No one, nobody else is doing it. Their peers aren't doing it. Guarantee you. I have never gotten a message from a physician or their office manager. And honestly, because we physicians don't do direct patient, like we're not sending, you know, besides like flyers traditionally where they would. But more like the social media manager of the office. I mean, it wouldn't be the physician, him or her. I'm just saying the group, 
hey, we're here. Like, you know, whereas like on Facebook, my dentist is always running ads. Yeah. And what's interesting about that kind of potential outreach concept is it mirrors a lot of, I think, in a good way, when people do a social advertising, I think the most common mistake they make is going straight after, especially we're talking about cold audience, not warm audience stuff, but they make the hard ask mistake, book an appointment, book an appointment, book an appointment. And what we preach all the time is the most effective ads especially like in an outreach scenario, like you're talking about are focused on value creation and education. And that's all we're using ads is to get in front of people and create as much value as possible. What is a common issue people have with X that they see with their patients all the time that fits 80% of their target? That's what they should be sending. And they could send that direct message. They could send that in a Facebook message. Yeah, It's way easier to send it in a LinkedIn message for sure. Way easier. And I've been using LinkedIn and healthcare before, you know, like years ago and found it successful for exactly what you just said. Totally different than sending somebody a Facebook or Instagram message. Yeah, Facebook is like, are you trying to come into my house? (laughs) Whereas like LinkedIn is like, yeah, you can drop the flyer in my front yard. It's just different. Just the the difference in the cadence. Personal, you know, it just feels very- Are you a friend? Yeah, you know, and that's the beauty of LinkedIn too. You know, you're not going to see a lot of like animal pics or baby pics on LinkedIn. Like people try to share their content. I don't know, in some cases. (laughs) Well, there's always a few. So Michael, another question that we have, a lot of this, we talked about kind of building your brand. You have gained a lot of followers. You have a pretty big impression and engagement on LinkedIn. So people listening want to know, how are you doing this? What can they do? Where should they get started? Yeah, there's three things that I did. And how many followers and stuff that you have so they know what we're talking about? Uh, just about over a quarter million. And I did that, you know, and so I want to put some framing around that. I mean, I got on during right after LinkedIn was acquired. And to be fair, I mean, there's a handful of us that got on and, and just rode the wave at a time, what's considered the golden year. Yeah. I mean, this is back when I remember... And I say this all the time, but in late 2017, a bad day was anything less than 100,000 views on a post. That's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. This wow. is before video. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is this wild. Is before, I mean, like you could share a YouTube link, but you couldn't do a video like you do every day. Yeah. But that's the um, beauty of like pre-IPOs, like Facebook, when everybody used to make so much money on their Facebook pages because they got 98% organic. Yeah. Now it's 1%. <laughs> so I did three things. There's three things to really... I wouldn't say even followers, but just get the engagement that you're looking for on your content because the followers will come. Yeah. Social proof. I mean, let's be fair. One of the things related to social proof is follower account. Nobody wants to admit it, but it's the truth. Yeah. yeah I mean, their vanity sure. numbers do matter. And I, they do I, matter. They matter. I remember when Tim Tebow got on. I mean, like he went from like last year, last spring, from like 2,000 followers to like, you know, he's well, I think he's well over a million now or whatever. Now like, it, does. it does matter. Yeah. Um, and it, it does. it's all psychological. Getting your, First thousand followers, getting your next 10,000 is so much easier. Yeah, sure. sure. So LinkedIn lets you, just for everyone's benefit who may not know, LinkedIn lets you have up to 30,000 connections, which would be the equivalent of a Facebook friend, uh, but you can have unlimited followers. I always tell people like 30,000 connections. Like, I don't think I'll talk to 30,000 people in three lifetimes. I just don't think I will. (laughs) I I just remember people like, I wish we could have more than, I mean, 30,000 connections. This isn't fair. Or that they would convert the followers. The numbers matter. So there's three fundamental things that I did that I think people still do. Number one is to understand that at least on that platform, it's still what's considered a giver's gain algorithm. So for example, what that means is if, you know, before I even post a piece of content, you know, if I go out and show Kelly 
theoretically show her attention on her content. She's probably going to be like likely to, to want to come to my profile. Who am I? Especially if I consistently do and I bring like a value. She's talking about a tough topic and I add to the thought leadership conversation. She's probably going to show up. She's probably going to send me a connection request or follow me. And when that happens, she's going to see my content. More than likely, she's going to support mine. So number one, you got to learn to give. How much should I give? I tell people usually for every hour you spend on the platform, a good just rule of thumb is that just 10 minutes of giving to other people. Oh, that's a great way to kind of put it. I always said like 15 minutes a day, but that's a better way to put it. Grab a number. Yeah, grab a number. An hour would be, you know, how much time I'm doing on LinkedIn. That's content creation. That's everything. Your whole LinkedIn thing, do like a one-fifth, one-fourth ratio of just finding people either on sales, whatever your targets are, giving to other people. So number one is to give to other people. Number two is consistently putting out yeah. content. Now, what is good content? Because content different. I that's mean, that's subjective. Yeah. yeah. There's people that love your content and there's people that aren't going to love your content. It's just the way of the world, right? So good content for me is content that you're that matters to your target audience or that matters to you. You know, right. and so you've seen some of mine. I mean, sometimes I'm a little bit edgy and sometimes I'm a little fluffy. And I, I, well, I will say that what you do, I do talk about this with some of my doctors. So we're two totally different content creators, Michael correct. and I. We support each other's posts, by the way, what he was talking about. And that's really how we got connected. I was like, wow, this guy like knows what he's doing on LinkedIn. But I think this is important. It's okay to have opinions on LinkedIn that not everyone's going to agree with. And know. that's something Michael definitely shares where I was scared in the beginning. But the truth was, it sparks so much engagement because oh, yeah. whether they agree or they don't, they have an opinion about it. Then someone else replies and has, it just, it's like wildfire. Yeah. Plus I think a lot of people connect with you because you also share personal posts. I yeah. tend not to be quite as personal. And when I do get personal, I've noticed way more engagement, you yeah. know, just on those posts. But I mean, everyone different strokes for different folks. You That's know why I mean? those posts about getting fired or, you know, my mother was just came through cancer. And I mean, wherever you go, people are, you know, we were built for relationship of all kinds. And people are always trying to find how their edges meet other people's edges. So, you know, will you see a physician or a, again, three doctor group, physician group put out content? Like, I don't know, you know, and can they share story without naming names of success story in their practice? I don't think so. I don't know. But the more to your point, Kelly, the more personal you can get, the more it's relatable because that's essentially what we're doing. So consistently putting out content, what is good content? Again, that's subjective. And then the third thing I did was I created and contributed to community groups of people that support one another's content. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said for, Hey, I don't want to miss Kelly's content. She didn't want to admit mine and put ourselves in a position where we can consistently do that because while you do something totally different in a totally different space, perhaps your values how you see things, your perspective on whatever, everything from politics, perhaps to, you know, financial, the world, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're trying to find people that you align with to support one another's content. That's important. And you can continue networking with that support. And that's why we've kept in touch too. It's been, I think, two years since we met and we don't talk all the time, but we support each other's posts. And then we try to connect when we can and just check in. So what I've done is I was posting, I would say, we're in June. I would say up until like February, I was probably posting at least twice a day. And then probably six months prior to that, three times a day, I've pulled back to like twice a month because I'm really more commenting now. Plus my business has grown. And I will say that I can see the downs, 
Well, you see the upside of that because my my world is, you know, outside of social media has changed. Yeah. Yeah. From a metrics perspective, you know, I was growing at five, 600 followers a day. That's come to like a, a slow halt, which again, what do you, I tell people all the time, what are you going to do with 200 something thousand followers that you can't do with 30,000? Well, and, and then it goes back, vanity numbers do matter. But like you said, there's also things that you have to define for yourself. So yeah. I post five times a week. So Monday through Friday, I yeah. should post seven days a week. This week I took off and I think I lost huge views. You know, it's decisions that I make for my life and my career. And I'm not chasing a hundred, whoever wants to be in my network can be in my network. I'm trying to be really specific. I don't know. You have to give me advice on this, but I don't want to hit that 30,000 connection. I keep denying or filtering it out. I don't know why, I guess, because I want the ability to talk to more people, but yeah, I'm really picky about my network. So those metrics matter. And that's when it goes back to what you said about being consistent. You do have to kind of keep up with LinkedIn to have it perform the best, but that's okay to make, well, I mean, like where you are, Michael, obviously I don't think you're hurting for followers or, and you've made decisions in your personal life and your business and it's working. And like, I have to, if I wanted to make it way better, I would probably do seven days a week or more, but I'm not. Listen, and I'll tell you, and this is just an opinion, like you knew one was coming, like the people that are out there and be like, look, if you want to grow on LinkedIn, numbers don't matter, blah, 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 blah. I get more engaged. I've seen this. I get more engagement than people. This person's got 8,000 followers. I get more engagement with people, <laughs> hundreds of thousands. You got to comment. You got to comment. And they'll just tell the story like, hold on a second. This person is married and their phone is in their hand because I know this because I'm single. Nine, 10, 12, 13 hours a day. Yeah. There's a, what I'm, where I'm going with that is to get that kind of engagement there's a trade-off unless you're going to pay somebody to do it. So, and I've seen that, I've seen the dopamine crash more than once in four years being on this platform. So there, that comes with fair warning. Yeah, it's very true. And that was one of the warnings you gave me when I started my journey. Cause I was like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. You're like, that's great. That's going to grow your LinkedIn. And that's something Michael told me. You'll get it. Yeah. And uh, training the algorithm, you're training the algorithm to respond to you, to throttle you, et cetera. But you, when you're doing that, you're not doing other things for sure. 100%. Yeah, and it's okay to, right, don't you agree, Justin, to watch vanity metrics to make sure they're growing, but it's also okay to remember what's important and that's driving revenue. Well, I even, I just drop the word vanity. Why is that vanity? Well, like, this is for the whole audience. I, and I'm not correcting you. I'm just saying like, how many people make it sound like, oh, I don't want to be liked. Really? What doctor would say that? <laughs> they never admit it, but it's, come on, let's live in the real world. Most people are putting out content wanting attention or they wouldn't be putting it out. That's called journaling. Well, and it's all about growing your visibility too. Yeah. And I I think it's, it's a quality over quantity too, when it comes to a lot of it, like I get a lot fixated in the numbers, like say of our agency website and watching them grow, like getting over like 10,000 users a month and 20,000 users a month. And it's like, but is the needle moving in terms of the bottom line? Like, are we getting more value-based qualified leads that we're closing that are in our sweet spot ideal client? Or is it like, now I have a bunch more people from India that are reading my blog. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, and that's, it is important to know. People people that are never going to spend with you. I mean, it's just the way of it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But LinkedIn marketing, we're just kind of talking about some of the other sites, but LinkedIn marketing is huge. These metrics matter. It can have a huge value to you as like personally and what you do professionally. Mm-hmm. Plus you can promote and sell with your own business. So Michael, tell us a little bit about how people can get connected with you or. Well, before we wrap really quick, I wanted to ask one more question because there's been a, 
massive change in LinkedIn, obviously, oh, in yeah. the last couple of weeks. So I love your thought because I know some people scrambling, probably 80% of people didn't even know it happened. But I mean, obviously, you spend a lot of time inside of the LinkedIn ecosystem. So as an expert of that ecosystem, what are your thoughts on it? And then are there any recommendations you have to kind of live on the other side of it, so to speak? What specific change? The uh, limited Yeah, the um, limited n- number of connection outreach yeah. has been probably the biggest thing that has affected. Well, the real question I have about that, which again, and this is LinkedIn's my business, so I'm going to sound like, you know, it's sometimes it's a love-hate. You know, they're not... Clearly a love-hate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still the best thing out there. So tell, tell them really quick what happened, because again, like I bet... Basically, I think it might have been... We started to see it in February, but... You've been seeing it. Like, yeah. Like, I've noticed so they it. started to limit. I believe it's a it's a rolling seven-day roll that you can only send up to 100. It's somewhere... We've done so much testing, but somewhere 100, maybe on the high side, 130, but probably about just over 100 connection requests per week. And what did it used to be? I mean, it was way more than that, right? It's unknowable, quite honestly. We did all kinds of testing. It really wasn't a number. It was really a matter of how many times... It's really one fundamental thing. How many times do people say, so you could send almost unlimited. It was more about how many times do people say, I don't know, Justin, I don't know, Justin. So yeah, if you weren't getting, and nobody knew that number, that number was like so buried with Jimmy Hoffa. Really trying to Which throttle. if you were doing that, by the way, on LinkedIn, you totally suck. So <laughs> they were really before just trying to kind of, what it sounds like throttle bot behavior. Yeah, we would recommend or, and or send probably 60 a day, Okay, which would be 300. I mean, that's a, I mean, if you're thinking about a 25 and this is prior to COVID too. You know, if you're thinking about a 40% conversion rate from cold to your network, that's what under 150 people yep. in a week. And then you want to have, you want to schedule, you're going to convert whatever, 25 to 25% of those people to a meeting. Depending, on, It's all depends on what you're selling. So I'm just throwing out, I'm spitballing numbers because again, what are you selling? But what they did was they, you know, they started to roll it out slowly across the network to limit it to hundred. So I think it's a great thing if, mainly if, if that was in lieu of, restricting people. Like when I get to my hundred, you're done. Yeah. And then there won't be any of this. Like it was before. I don't know. Justin's, I don't know. Justin, if you got too many of those, they put you in timeout and it was a three strikes rule out. We've had clients come to us that were restricted for sending messages for years. Oh, wow. We would launch like a get out of jail campaign, appeal, appeal campaigns to LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Flying out of jail. He did. And, and then finally, listen, they unlock it and like in their outbound and their sent, they've got like 12,540 outbound connection yeah. requests. It's like, okay, <laughs> this guy was running automation. Which yeah. Is fine. Sure. So I think one, there's a couple of thoughts I have. You, it just I, for, to LinkedIn, I'd say, I'd love it. I love the change. Honestly, as long as like you got rid of that, I don't know. Like I get a hundred, just tell her you get a hundred, yeah. figure it out, make the best lemonade you can, which segues to the member side. I think it's going to require people to do what we do or lead generators to be better. Yeah. Because where it was through from a targeting yeah. standpoint. Yeah. And, and this is to anybody that's like, oh, it's not a quantity game. And some sales targets and cycles and markets, it is a quantity game. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I mean, people that say that direct, it's not, it, it is a quantity game in some cases and lots of cases, it's not. So whether it is or not, specifically though, if it was not a quantity game and what you're selling for your client, it's just going to make you need to be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then one thing that most people don't know that's a hack I'll share with you. We think it's around 800, but basically unlimited up to about 800 in mails above and beyond the 60 you get to open profiles. So if you find an open profile, typically an open profile is going to be 
99% of people that have the LinkedIn premium gold placard. Yep. When you click on message, it'll say free to open profile. So they still have that option. That's not a connection request, but that's still a way to knock on someone's door with a very a really good smart, point. non-pitchy message. That is. That's yep. a that's an interesting hack. I, I've never even heard of that. It's right there. When you build a sales navigator, yeah. are, is anybody going to watch this? Are you, are you using the video? Yeah. Yep. Just, you want me to share it with your, your yeah. audience right there? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Please do. Yeah, so it's like, if you'll let me share, you'll let me share. It up. Yeah, he's pulling it up right now. I know for all of you on the podcast, we're like, we hear clicks, but so you'll be able to find this video. We're going to share it on social media and are we going to be able to put it in the notes or anything or? Yeah, like right here, like if you look here, this individual, I just got, have like a mock version of Sales Navigator. If you click on message, it would use one of my 60 credits, Uh, right? But like typically people that have the LinkedIn placard, LinkedIn premium member, She's got hers off and I'll show you where they have it off. But most people that have the placard, it says free to open. Oh, okay. Interesting. So I can send him a message. And what that is, is when it's open, that means they've got under communication and settings, they've got this option. Oh, interesting. So anybody can send me a free, because I want to hear from anybody. I don't mind getting the nonsense. I get everything. I have every imaginable message you can imagine. <laughs> I, I would imagine, yeah, with that size of a link. I can't even imagine because my I, inbox I is see hers insane. And it's crazy. And I'm like way tinier than you are. So I have no idea how you do it's it. It's different, obviously different for men than it is women, but that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, oh God. Not, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> that has sure. actually gotten a lot better, I will say. I think that's gotten better. But tell the audience how they can connect with you if they're interested in doing business with you and how they can support you on LinkedIn. Yeah. So it's Michael David Chapman on LinkedIn. Uh, the name of our business is Lead In, one word, Lead In Social. So we're at leadinsocial.com. You can connect with us there if you're interested in any type of LinkedIn support, uh, account management, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or I highly, highly recommend. Send me a connection request on LinkedIn. I mean, I've got plenty of, I've got the follower base, but I've got plenty of room to, to take new connections. Oh, wow. Excellent. Really interesting. Yeah. I did get to 30 and then I realized like that wasn't didn't mean anything. And so I, the one hack I will give you, and you're doing it right. When you get, it's a lot hard. It's a lot easier to accept than it is to, to remove. Oh yeah. That's As you what, already know. So I, for the last year, she got like, up to like 29, to 800 and was like, wait, I don't know if I want to be connected to all these people. <laughs> like, wait a minute, what am I <laughs> so doing? She's like hanging on to those last 200. Yeah. And uh, should I connect or not connect? I mean, you could, you could turn that into a whole podcast, but that really is just what direction are you going? And yeah. a lot of people say, I don't connect because this doesn't support my business, but that's to suggest that you're always being in that business. So it's, it's a tough one to answer. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. Well, thank, well, thank you, you so yeah. much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll have information to connect with Michael in the show notes. Yeah, and absolutely. of course, for any more LinkedIn tips, strategies, or just to follow his journey, you can find him on LinkedIn at Michael David Chow. Thank you. Take care. Hold on. Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at entropy.com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks. Check out my website, kellynot.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course, 
Physician Liaison University. And as always, I'm a huge believer in connecting, engaging, and supporting one another. And the best way we can do that is networking. And I always, always connect with you guys on social media. And one of my biggest social media platforms is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter at Kelly Knott. And thank you guys again for listening to the Patient Convert Podcast with your host, Kelly Knott.